1: and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au.
2: Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode.
0: I'm delighted to be joined today by a member of the Palestinian community of Melbourne, Abir al-Mubayyad. Abir, thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you for inviting me. I'm really um, glad that you have.
0: Um, Abir, uh, you are going to talk to us about uh, an interesting uh, project. But before that, uh, tell us about who Abir is.
2: I'm a Palestinian who was born and raised in the United Arab Emirates. I was born in 1993. I migrated to Australia in 2006 and ever since... um, We've been living in Australia as skilled migrants.
0: So you came with your family?
2: Yes, I came with my family. So both my parents were born and raised in Gaza Strip. Mm. uh, And then they migrated to Dubai, and that's where I was born, and the rest of my brothers and sister. And then we all came to Australia in 2006. Mm. Um, And ever since then, we've been in Australia, and um, we've kind of adapted to the life here. But yeah, my my studies are basically, I, I did international relations at RMIT, because I was uh, super passionate about Palestine and still am. And then I did a graduate certificate in Australian immigration law and practice to become a migration agent uh, and to help refugees and asylum seekers settle here in Australia. And then I did a Master of Translating and Interpreting, fantastic. and the list goes on.
0: <laughs> oh, so we have a competition here.
2: <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh,
0: good. So uh, interpreting translation in which, uh, in For, which language? Arabic, if, English? Or? Yes, Arabic mm.
2: to English, English to Arabic. Oh, um, ah, fantastic. And I'm currently studying law, uh, doing Juris Doctor at RMIT.
0: That's excellent. Um, tell me about the, your degree in international relations. To what extent this uh, shaped your understanding to the Palestinian issue? Uh, of course, it has added to you in terms of knowledge, but when it comes to a Palestinian who is passionate about Palestine, by definition, mm-hmm. um, doing a degree in international relation, what, what kind of weapon you're equipped with?
2: I guess the best uh, the best weapon is knowledge mm. and, and knowledge what to do in conflict zones and the politics and how um, leaders in, in general um, kind of uh, try to resolve an issue. Mm. and, you know, how the United Nations tried to resolve it. Uh, But unfortunately, at RMIT, they didn't really focus much on the Middle East for some reason. Um, At RMIT, they were focused more on the Asia-Pacific area. Uh, Because it's an
0: area of strategic importance to Australia more than Middle East.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, There was another course that Deakin University did that was more – focused on the Middle East, um, but unfortunately I didn't know about this until too late. Uh, but I totally enjoyed the International Relations course at RMIT. It was just amazing to kind of know about diplomacy and politics and economics in general. But I also work in uh, in the um, non-for-profit sector. I work as a migration agent and all I do, uh, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, is help refugees and asylum seekers settle here in Australia uh, so, for example, I'd be filling out a lot of uh, refugee applications to um, allow families to r- unite back here in Australia uh, after being torn apart uh, because of war in Syria and Iraq. Hmm. So most of my clients are Syrian and Iraqi. Um, and, yeah, some, some of them are uh, asylum seekers here in Australia. So,
0: Did you see any of... Um Uh, Palestinian clients yes
2: I did Mm. actually uh, the Palestinian clients that I had had such a sad um, uh, such a sad uh, event such sad events happened to them Uh, they left Palestine in 1948 and then went to Iraq to resettle there and after the Iraqi war happened, so they had to leave to go to another country, they went to Syria and then from there they were able to come to Australia. Uh, but they were lucky enough to get into Syria and be able to come to Australia. So the the things that I heard from their stories were just really heartbreaking. Um, I didn't actually know that Palestinians were able to come to Australia as refugees, mm. uh, but there's only a specific uh, small number of them that were able to come because they had gone from one country to another. Uh, to be able to be called a refugee.
0: So, uh, Abir, um, tell me about the EAPPI project and why you wanted to take part in this.
2: Okay, so the EAPPI project uh, stands for Economical Accompaniment Program in Palestine and Israel. Um, It is basically an organisation here in Australia called Act for Peace that is contracted with the World Council of Churches in Jerusalem. Um, What they do is they allow young people from Australia um, and actually all around Europe and America to go to um, Palestine and specifically Jerusalem and the West Bank to be there as protective presence for the Palestinians and to be able to help them um, in in many different ways. Um, So their their main job is to be there as non-violence presence to, to help the Palestinians feel safe in that area because of the continuous violence that uh, happens and grows against the Palestinians.
0: Hmm. So where did you apply? Were you approached? How did you find out about them?
2: So I found I uh, found out about this program through a friend of mine at work. Um, her daughter had actually done this project uh, and she told me about it and I was super fascinated because I, I wanted to go to Palestine in any way, shape or form. I have gone there very, very long time ago, more than 17 years back. And before I, I t-
0: you migrated to Australia.
2: Yeah, before mm. I even migrated to Australia. So I felt like this is an amazing way to go back and help Palestinians and, you know, People from my country, and mm. um, it, it was just an amazing thing, so I thought why should, why why don't I just apply so I applied, and then we had to go through um, a selection process and, and basically we needed to go on a camp for five days and go through a role play of you know what would you do uh, if you were a palestinian sorry if you were an e a in that area. Uh, during um, a protest, a Palestinian protest? What would you do, you know, if the Adhan has just gone off? Um, so it was amazing and it was interesting. Or, for example, another, another thing was, um, you know, please go to this house demolition and report it for us because we need to send this report to, to the United Nations uh, 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 team in Geneva. So it was amazing to kind of see all of this. Um, It was acting, but it it really touched my heart and I felt like this is such an amazing experience and I really want to go and be a part of it in real life. Um, Like, Even though it had really broken my heart to be a part of that role play, I still wanted to go to Palestine. Um, For some people, I know that it may it may deter them from doing that because of they've seen something uh, and it's so super close to their heart um, that they wouldn't go ahead and do it uh, in real life. But to me, I seriously still want to and I have that urge of wanting to go back to Palestine to help these people in, in any way, shape or form.
0: So the idea is to basically protect the Palestinians in their daily life and try... Yeah. To um, uh, create a human barrier between occupation or settlers and the Palestinians um, yeah. so while you want to achieve that but you don't want to expose yourself to danger, mm-hmm. uh, how do you balance between the two
2: so what we were taught um, in in the camp is that we would be wearing the uh, World Council of Churches vest, and that vest basically protects us. But obviously we all know that um, this vest is is not like God, for example. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to really, really protect us. But Mm. um, the other thing they taught us uh, is that we have to be impartial while we are there. Even if we have such strong uh, views Mm. and opinions about what's happening, we can't really show that we have to be impartial and uh, we can't, show so much emotion um, so that when we come back to Australia, uh, we have that first-hand eyewitness experience uh, for us to talk about it here um, rather than you know trying to expose them over there.
0: Mm. So uh, are the participants members of the, of the Palestinian community or, or any Australian can apply? They're,
2: they're actually members of uh, – they're not members of the Palestinian community. They're all um, – I was um the only Palestinian there oh, right. actually. <laughs> it's interesting. So you're um, our
0: ambassador. <laughs> um, it,
2: it was it, they found it actually super interesting to find another Palestinian go through the program. Mm. Um, I I thought it was phenomenal uh, that to see all these people from so many different backgrounds wanting to know about the issue and wanting to go there and and see what's happening for themselves. Um, And I found it super impressive after the role play that they were uh, very um, empathetic to what's happening in Palestine. Um, Yes, some of them did have an impartial view, uh, but obviously this is something that we have to respect. um, And obviously after going there, um, they may have a different view. Regardless, Uh, I'm going there for a specific mission, which is to see and help Palestinians.
0: Hmm. So, uh, we're talking to Abir Al Mubaid, the Palestinian uh, activist in Melbourne, and after the break, we will continue the discussion. Uh, Abir, you are our guest of honor today, so you get to choose the song. Oh! <laughs> so I, I didn't prepare you.
2: Uh, yeah, no, you didn't. So, so English or Arabic? Uh,
0: you, you choose.
2: I love Mautani.
0: Mautani? Yeah, it's okay. amazing. So, yeah. we are going to listen to Moutani, <laughs> the informal national anthem of Palestine. When we will be back, we will continue talking with Abir al-Mubayyid. Stay with us.
3: dan ngledam la mui ngoy ngu dusta
0: Uh, is the informal national anthem of uh, Palestine it was written in the early 30s by the Palestinian poet uh, Ibrahim Toghan Uh, And uh, during the revolution, the grand revolution of 1936 against the British mandate, uh, the Palestinian kind of endorsed it as their national uh, song. It was not uh, composed back then, but it was lyrics and poem Um, But after 1948 and the loss of the land and the expulsion of most of people and there was no Palestinian state, the lyrics uh, were picked by the Lebanese composers Ahmed and Mahmoud Fleifel. They composed it into what we have listened to now and it became the song of Pan-Arabism. It was played in uh, the official broadcast of Syria, Jordan, Iraq, Egypt, Lebanon, and other Arab countries, Uh, but not as an anthem, not as a national anthem. In 1972, PLO endorsed another Uh, poem uh, by uh, Hisham Lim Fida'i to be the uh, national anthem because it reflected uh, back then the the spirit of uh, armed struggle and it remained the current uh, national anthem of Palestine, Fida'i. After 2003, when there was change in regime in uh, Iraq, uh, the new Iraq uh, regime uh, re-indosed uh, Mautini, and currently Mowtani is the national anthem of uh, Iraq. So this is a bit of uh, context uh, and we will continue with our guest uh, Abir Al-Imbayyad you're listening to Palestine Remembered on 855 AM and on our podcast, 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts. And our guest today is Abir al Mubayid Ahlan wa sahlan, Abir. Thanks Thank again you. for joining us.
2: Thank you.
0: Before uh, the break, you were telling us about uh, the um, uh, EAPPI, Economical Accompaniment Program in Palestine and Israel. How did I go? <laughs>
2: You went really well. Good job.
0: <laughs> uh, I was I was a little bit stressed that you know I could. Uh, it's easy to make mistakes. <laughs> it's a big it? one, yeah. So uh, and you told me that you know this is uh, they, they prepare uh, Australian activists or volunteers to mm-hmm. say um, or participants to go to Palestine slash Israel and basically uh, try and protect the Palestinians in yeah. their daily lives. And uh, you did some form of training, but. Um, I want to ask you about uh, the time. Uh, is there a designated time? Is it a group uh, project, or you will be sent one by one? What's the mechanism?
2: So it basically depends on um, when you can, uh, when you're ready to. Obviously, you have gone through all the fundraising and the sponsorship, and obviously, when you have the uh, the needed specific amount of money, then you'll be able to go. Mm. But when you go, you are not just with Australians you're with uh, people from all yeah people from all over Europe as well and Mm. so you will be able to mix and match with people from all over. So you still
0: don't know uh, the time. uh,
2: No you don't know and you're there for three months so yeah so it's a really significant uh, long time in in Palestine and it's it's amazing to kind of be in that in that place for a very long time because then you have enough time to go through every every single scenario that could come through um, and you have enough time to form um, an opinion about what's happening so that you can come back and have eyewitness experience and come back here and, and talk about it to everybody.
0: Well, it goes without saying that the door is open for you when you come back to share yeah. your stories <laughs> and experience you. with us, but... Uh, I want to ask you if you also had the chance to speak to uh, former participants who took part in this project and what kind of feedback you heard.
2: Oh, it was amazing. So um, we had quite a few former participants that came to the camp. In Australia? In Australia, yes. yes. Uh, one of them is half Palestinian, half Egyptian, actually. She went there and she absolutely loved it. Um, she told me a lot about her experience uh, there and Actually one of the incidents that happened they really broke her heart and uh when she came back she just she was actually in tears while she was telling us this story about um a Palestinian boy who was um just under the age of eighteen who was bashed to death um by uh an Israeli settler and, and uh Israeli um uh, soldier, so so it, it was just it was really sad to kind of for her to be in the house of the Palestinian people at that time, and to try to calm the families down, and then the families are really devastated, uh, devastated, and also they're waiting for their son's body to come back because they had taken his body, um, so they were extremely devastated, and for her that was just a turning point mm. in in the whole um, in the whole issue of Palestine. Mm. And it was really hurtful to even hear it from her. So. But
0: um, th- does tragic things like this prevent people like her to go again or does it encourage her?
2: Absolutely not. She actually she encouraged me so much to go. She said, I will do everything I can do for you to, to, to be there in that country because it, it, it's, a, it's really um, a life-changing experience, for, yeah. especially for people that open their hearts and open their minds to what's happening in that area.
0: Is there something else about the project that I did not ask you about you you want to share with us?
2: So yeah, the the kind of work that we'll be doing there is is as simple as holding the hand of a Palestinian little boy to go through uh, a checkpoint to make sure that he's at his school safe. Um, even counting the number of the Palestinians going through checkpoints to make sure you know there 's enough people that are going through checkpoints and that it 's safe for them, protecting the community in general, making daily blogs and reports, making uh, you know campaigns and research researching on a daily basis, going to house demolitions and uh, making these reports and sending them to to the United Nations team in Geneva so I feel like it 's such an amazing job to kind of be there as eyewitness experience so that we can send this uh, super hot information to the rest of the world.
0: Mm. Including us, because we still here have deficit in uh, news uh, when it comes to Palestine, Mm -hmm. not to mention the misrepresentation. Mm-hmm. So there is less and less representation of the Palestinian stories in Australia, and with people like you who will come back with first-hand stories, first-hand experience, we are very thirsty to uh, to stories like that. So uh, I, I definitely feel the importance, and it's very worthy. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the humanitarian impact that you will leave, and also the byproduct, which is basically you see your country, you yeah. get to know people, yeah. you probably improve your. Uh, Language and relations, and culture, and, and culture yeah. and You know what it means to be in Palestine I'm talking as a person who has never been mm. to Palestine yeah. But I can relate to Yeah,
2: It's amazing to see how much you love that place Even though you have never been there mm. And I, I went there when I was really really young I was probably 6 years old And I still feel like my heart is in that place I feel like if I ever have the chance to go back to Palestine And live there for the rest of my life I would never ever say no Mm. Uh, Like, I would love to go there and and pray in the mosque, um, Al-Aqsa Mosque, every Mm. single day. I Mm. I would never say no to that.
0: Mm. Uh, Abir, you are originally from Gaza. Yes. And I want to ask you about the latest wave of hostilities against the people of Gaza last Mm -hmm. week. How did you feel personally when you wake up and see or hear news that your beautiful Gaza is being attacked again.
2: Yeah, you feel like somebody's kicked you in the gut, really. Um, I actually did a um my, my thesis uh while I was studying at RMIT doing the international relations about uh the attack that happened in 2008 to 2009 um and the use of internationally banned gas led operation, hmm. yeah. Um bombings and all that in in Gaza and just the the effect that it had on, like, people in general, let alone my uh, grandmother and, you know, her house and I've got uncles and aunties, I've got a big, big uh, circle family um, living in that area still. Um, So it's just the constant uh, struggle to feel like you're A human being living here in Australia is in in safety, but at the same time, you're you're constantly heartbroken and you feel the unsafety of the people, of your people back home. Um, It makes you feel like you're living, but you're dead, Mm. really. Um, There's
0: so much void.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it's just, it really breaks you on a daily basis um especially when things like that continue to happen it, it just it makes you feel like this place still needs our help and it's constantly crying and and really really needs us but it's super sad to see a lot of people turning a blind eye but this is when i come out you know the new generation coming out wanting to get you know make people aware of what's happening in that area of the world and it just I feel like it's my passion. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life.
0: Hmm. Abir, uh, no, this pain, this sadness, this anger, this frustration, all this negative feeling, it's important that I'm sure you and other people from, I mean, other Palestinians, especially Palestinians from Gaza, know how to translate that into something good positive. for the cause and positive. Mm-hmm. In your case, what do you do to translate that into some, some, something positive, and if that is the case, what is it? What is it that positive thing?
2: I think for for many, many years, I that the only way I was dealing with it is, you know, talking to my dad about it, talking to my family about it, and try to come to a better resolution within the family. To you know, be able to help in in the least way, which is to go for protests, um, to make people aware around us, to, you know, make sure that um, there's a Palestinian flag in in my room. Um, This is the least I can do as a Palestinian. But I think when I uh, came across this project, I thought this is amazing and this is exactly what I needed. Um, Other than studying all about international relations and wanting to have a voice and to, you know, um, be the voice of these people that don't have one here. Um, sorry, that, that don't have one there in Palestine, here in Australia. Um, I think this, this particular project will make me, it will be an eye-opener. It will, it will be me in the form of all the help that we wanted to get to the Palestinians uh, for many, many years to be there in that particular place and to help them with my, my presence there and that's I feel like this is the best thing I can do
1: hmm.
0: So uh, how do we know more about this project? Is there some website you want to share with us?
2: Uh, yes, so um, so the website is www.eappi.actforpeace.org.au forward slash abby A-W-B-Y um, let's,
0: let's repeat it again slowly
2: oh, Sorry, I'm <laughs> too fast So that's www. E A P P I dot act for peace dot org dot au forward slash Abby A double um, would really appreciate if you can go on the map on my page, um, and even uh, before going to my page, you can go into the actual E A P P I dot, dot, org dot au to find out more about the program um, and to help me get to that place. That will be amazing.
0: And when you come back, uh, you'll let us know?
2: Absolutely. So you'll probably be one of the first people to know about me coming back. Uh, so when I come back, I'll talk all about the, uh, the experiences that I had in Palestine.
0: We'll definitely have many more uh, episodes. Uh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. We'll be delighted <laughs> to see you. But uh, I want to end uh, this uh, enlightening. Uh, the time has, has come, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, with a message from you, from Abir, uh, to the people of Palestine who might be listening to us now. If there is a Palestinian in the Bank, in Gaza, in the Quds, in the what do you say to them, Abir?
2: I'd like to say that just because we live in a Western country super far away from you doesn't mean that we have forgotten that we have a home country, which is Palestine. Um, and we we still feel your pain, we still hear all about it, and we feel gutted, and we, we really want to be there with you. Um, and this is basically my best way of doing it, is to come through this program.
0: Well, with this, we have come to the end of uh, this interview. Thank you very much, Abir, for uh, joining us uh, today.
2: Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it.
0: And we will be looking forward to talking to you upon your uh, return, inshallah, Inshallah. uh, with more stories.
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, With this, we have come to the end of uh, this week's uh, episode of Palestine Remembered. Uh, uh, Do tune in next Saturday, 9.30 in the morning. Until then, this is uh, Yusuf, Nasser and Robert, who are not today
1: with us, my uh, (laughs) co-hosts, wishing you the best of time and salam.